sing him a lullaby. Dream, 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 dream. Welcome to the Sunday Movie Marathon. <laughs> I'm Shark Boy. I'm Lava Girl. I'm none of those because I don't know anyone else in the movie. It's episode 77. There's that teacher. I can't remember his name. He had a really weird name though. Right, I brought this up yesterday and I, I've, I've not seen it so it's just irrelevant to me. Oh, I should have said I was a... Whoever plays him, was it Taylor Lautner? Yeah. God damn. Never mind. Sharp boy himself. Just think about it. I am him. That's what everybody equates him with, I think. How have we been? It's been a week, although for me it feels like it's been a year. Yeah, no, it's a yeah. It's been all, it's been fun. It's, yeah, did we record this, this time last week then? Yeah, yeah it was like the like beginning of last yeah, week. Oh, shit, yeah. We've not really done anything since then. We've just pretty much spent the whole week watching Succession. We've yes. gotten really into that show. Um, we're, we're like the penultimate episode of um, season two already. I don't want it to finish, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's an incredible show. Highly recommend it. I'll sit I feel like it's one of those it. shows that has a lot of hype at the moment. It does, and I can kind of understand why. I mean, I kind of didn't really want to watch it in the like, in the first place because it sounded like a really boring premise for a show. But then it got it got juicy, it got fat, it got dramatic, and it's so stressful. Oh my god, is it stressful? Yeah, I, I was <laughs> trying to watch more TV this year because last year I didn't really do anything. I didn't really watch any TV, and like at the end of the year, it was just you guys talking about like TV <laughs> shows you'd watched. Yeah, um, and I, I, I'm still surprised that neither of you have watched Ozark yet. No, I'm actually I tried to watch it at one point, but I couldn't be bothered. Mm. I think with a lot of these shows, like um, especially for me, when I was watching like Game of Thrones, it took me about seven episodes to get into it, and Ozark is a bit of a slow burn, to be fair. But when it gets into it, fuck, you think. I thought Succession was stressful. This show was actual yeah. stress. That's the problem I have. If I don't really gel with a show after a few episodes, I just give up. Oh, honestly, mm-hmm. it is worth the watch, though. Like, it's actually one of the best shows I've ever seen. I'm sure it is, but I'm probably not going to watch it. <laughs> no, I mean, my sister tried to watch it as well, and she was like, I don't know how you and mum got into this because it's so boring. And I was like, no, you just have to wait for it to like get into the, the crux of it. But I think the thing that kept me watching it mostly was, um, well, Jason Bateman's in it. So that's kind of what kept me going. But then the longer I was watching it, the more amazing I thought other people in it were. Like, uh, is it Julia Garner's in this? I might have butchered her name. She was in that um, Inventing Anne show that everyone's obsessed with. You know? No. No, yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone's watched it. Okay. Well, yeah. well, she's fucking amazing in this show. What did you think of the last batch <laughs> of episodes? It seems like it's a very controversial topic at the moment it is because uh the first eight episodes are absolutely amazing and then it kind of starts to pedal down a little bit so they i don't know why netflix or america or whoever the fuck like distributes the stuff splits the last season into two i hate it i don't i don't like when they do it but the first half was really good and then the first episode of the second half was so tense and then after that, it just kind of dawdled down a little bit. It got a little bit shit. But like, um, the last episode, I actually thought last episode was good. And I'm going to get a lot of uh, backlash for that because everyone seems to hate it. Even my own mum. She texted me and went, oh, so rubbish. What the hell? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, obviously we'd spoil it for you, uh, you know, because we'd talk about it. But I'm not going to give any spoilers out for it. But um, mm-hmm. I thought it ended in the most Ozark way that it could end. I think it's fitting. I think it makes sense to the climate of 
I don't know, uh, families within certain powers and how they can exploit power and uh, get away with stuff, basically. I just think it was a good ending, but no one else will agree with me. Yeah, maybe uh, I would, but I don't watch the show. Um, <laughs> at least you enjoyed it, though. Like, yeah, the, at least yeah, you got the, that from it. <laughs> I know this isn't a you uh, won, yeah you know? discussion for open dialogue or anything. It's just me sprouting out to the world that I didn't hate the ending. I didn't particularly enjoy the ending because I, it wasn't mm -hmm. satisfying in any way. But I think that's how it was meant to end. You think it's going to be one of those things where like more time passes and like you start to resent it a bit more? Maybe I think if I watched the show again, I'd be just I'd be just as pissed off as I was when I watched it. I mean, I think luckily Chris came home about five minutes towards the end, but missed all of the five minutes. But there, nothing yeah. really happens in that last like two minutes anyway. So I mean, I was drunk anything. at the time, so I just yeah. looked away and closed my eyes. So. <laughs> and he went to a Knocked different world. Knocked into some walls. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I think it's good. I think it's actually a show that people should watch. But um, yeah, if you're not into endings that you're not going to like, I probably <laughs> would skip it, actually, because you're going to be really I'm pissed off. I I'm not into endings I wouldn't like. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you, you know, like how um, people go. So, so I was reading like, because for some <clears> reason, I get lots of memes about Ozark pop up on my newsfeed. And every comment on there is like, well, at least it wasn't as bad as Game of Thrones. So like, if you think that ending was bad. Maybe you should watch this show. I well, at least know. it wasn't as bad as this other thing that was shit. Yeah, that's basically what they were saying. Great. There's like a very minute like um, batch of people that I saw on like rating it on IMDb that agreed with me and said that it was all right. Some people think it's fantastic, and I wouldn't even say it's fantastic, but it's definitely not like people giving it like one star and going, "God, how could you do this to me?" And that I'm like, happens, "It's not that though, bad, doesn't it? It always <laughs> happens with avid fans, mm. you know." It's just not that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of avid fans, they announced the the arrival of the new Doctor. The, the arrival, Doctor I love that. <laughs> they are coming. <laughs> I was really excited to um, find out that Russell T Davies is coming back to write the show again mm -hmm. and do the show uh, running for it because he's a great fucking writer. He's a really brilliant writer. He's done the show before. Um, he's done a lot of like really acclaimed stuff uh, since. Mm -hmm. Still haven't watched it to sin. You I should because that yeah, it's in on itself like is a sin. Every streaming platform now. It's on Netflix. It's on 4D. Right. It's on Disney Plus. And let me tell you why. It. It's not that I have like no excuse to like watch yeah. it. It's I can't be bothered. Yeah, no, that's it, why I'm like I just haven't got around to it. Oh, it I think is if I didn't live with Darcy or she hadn't already watched it, I would have seen it by now. Oh, no, no, I'll rewatch it. Okay, I we'll like that show that much. Sometime. I will rewatch it. <laughs> I do cry quite a lot in that show, so that's a thing to expect mm -hmm. yeah but i was i was happy to see him coming back um i don't know if i want to get my hopes up for what the show's going to be it's just like if it's going to be it's probably going to be improved from chris chibnall's era which i just think is absolute trash <laughs> and like i i really like jodie whittaker and i think i've said this on the show before but like it's like she could have been really great it's just that she was written terribly and like all the writing for that those seasons are just like they feel so much a different part of the show that's like you could probably just do away with. They were like, yeah, we're soft rebooting it now. Here's Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall. And it was all just shit. Most of it was shit. And now I think, I don't know if they're going to like do away with it or like build from it. So mm -hmm. they did a few things in, in that run where it was like, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Or like they made like 
the doctor the most important person in the universe ever. Like, I don't know if you should have done that. Um, Interesting. I think everyone's like, thank fucking God it's over. Thank God it's nearly over. I watched like a special they did the other uh, week, I think. Yeah. It was like um, some pirate thing with the sea devils. It was uh. trash. It was really boring and bad. Uh, <laughs> what are they thinking? They're just like, I'm just, I don't know what I want from this team anymore. I think, I feel like they don't even understand that they're not doing a good job. It's quite s- sad to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but their reign is over and now we're getting Russell T. Davies back with a new doctor who was announced uh, yesterday, like yesterday a couple of days before. ago, I don't know, yeah. as we're speaking. Who's, who's the guy? I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Chuti Gatwa. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't know if the N is meant to be pronounced or not. But, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but um, yeah, he was, <laughs> he was in sex education and a lot of people really like him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's quite divided on whether people like him or whether people are like, oh, what a woke generation we live in. Yeah. So yeah, people are either really excited or they're like, I'm never watching this show again. Why? Why? Because he's black. Because he's black and gay. Thank you. Sorry, you said gay. it for me. Right. Yeah, no, like, that is literally, most of the comments are like, oh, well, well, again, there's only like, some positivity there where it's like well at least it's not a woman anymore and it's like oh but he's black yeah, oh, that's but the he's wrong gay. battle oh. to pick the fact that it like the fact that the doctor is at the moment a woman does nothing to harm the show in any way it's the the bad writing you know jodie whittaker could be great it's a shame that she wasn't given enough you know i think i'm hopeful i think it's just the material new, isn't it yeah it's the material and i, I mean i'm hopeful for the the casting really doesn't mean anything to me. I'm kind of glad that they didn't go for like another white guy, honestly. Because <laughs> like, like yeah, how many times can you well. fucking do that? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, I don't know, old white guy. Like that, that was more like the the classic era, I guess. Only old white guy they've got so far was like Peter Capaldi. Yeah, that's that's the kind of age range <laughs> that I was actually talking about. Weirdly, is my favourite Doctor, but um, I think he did a really great job with that, and I think that they're probably going to do pretty well with the next run. Because I do have that trust in Russell T. Davies. Um, as far as the casting goes, I mean, I don't know. I just I don't know anything about the guy. I, I, I don't know. I hope he does well, but we'll see. I mean, I've only seen him in that one thing and he's pretty good in it, so I don't know. But mm-hmm. have they like announced anything else? Is, is the, the same assistant staying on? Like, How does this all work? Because I know nothing about the last... Yeah. Five years mm. of Doctor Who. To be I honest. guess we'll see. We don't know. We just know that like he's been cast. Oh, okay, cool. It was very unceremonious as well. It, it, it is. It's just like, like, oh, okay. <laughs> little teaser trailers. Uh, Jodie Whittaker had like this thing where like she had like a trailer for her iteration where like she was walking through the forest or something. I was like, whoa, it's the new Doctor. And then like Peter Capaldi had that like big. Uh, it was like a show that like welcomed him on, and it was like. Here's the new doctor, and he like came through like a door, and he was like, "Ah, oh, it's me!" And everyone was like, "Oh fuck, it's him!" <laughs> like even like uh, Matt Smith had like an interview a thing done, but there was like nothing, nothing. Yeah, yeah I remember when here. they announced it, it was on like the BBC Evening News. They made like a huge deal about mm-hmm. how they were going to announce it. At that yeah, time. I have a feeling it's because he's only been in like st- things that probably not many people have heard of or watched. If that makes sense, like people are going to be like, "Who the fuck is he?" Because so many comments were like. Who the fuck is this? Yeah. 
But they were kind like, of a good thing. <laughs> yeah, but they yeah. were like old women who were like, ooh, bit of eye candy back again. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 I loved it. All the comments were just like, yeah. Yeah, it like, was despairing. <laughs> David Tennant and Matt Smith were both like, obviously they'd been in stuff, but they'd not really been in anything like big in the public eye before. Mm. I think Matt Smith was more on like theatre. He had like a theatre yeah, background. Yeah, I think it was the same with David Tennant, to be fair. Mm. It was like theatre and like some TV and stuff. To be fair, that, that man... Unparalleled, mate. I fucking love him. Who? Which one? Uh, David Tennant. Yeah, he, he was great. Saying so, uh, that, yeah. I liked when um, Eccleston was in it. Yeah, he was also mm-hmm. good. Those were the only two seasons I watched. Was when um, Tennant was in it and Eccleston. I didn't watch anything after that because I hate Matt Smith, as you mm-hmm. all know, as the podcast all yeah. know. Not a fan. I really liked Matt Smith. Um, I really like him as an actor, and I really liked his iteration of the Doctor. Um. I could see why he kind of he does kind of suit it. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. but I just oh, I just can't gel with him, man. There's just something about him, yeah, except in I the crown. You. That's it. Otherwise, I can't mm-hmm. gel with it's him. Good in the crown. I liked him in Last Night in Soho as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was all right in that. He was hellish. And that was okay. That was kind of the point. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of works. I think. Um, are you guys gonna watch the show then when it stops being shit and goes back to Russell T Davies? Oh, I don't really want to because I don't like the show. But yeah, I'm willing it's like to not really your kind of thing, I guess. I'm willing to give it a watch because I kind of want to support the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, solidarity and whatever. Um, I might give it a go, and if I don't like the show, it will just be because of the the lame plots and stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, yeah. I just I can't gel with that There's show. A lot really. of lame plots in that show. Yeah. I'll tell you. Um, um, yeah, I'll give it a go because I know Chris said he wanted to watch it. Yeah, so, do you know mm-hmm. what? I, I, I'll watch it, but I won't enjoy it probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, and it will come yeah. back when we finished it. I was, I was always saying like, "Fuck this show! I don't want to watch it anymore. It's boring and I hate it." Because mm. like Chris Chibnall's run is just so abysmal, um, and I just kept watching it. I don't know. I guess I just I'm just gonna keep watching it. How long is it normally on for? Because I feel like it goes on for ages. What do you mean? Like, like, in, terms it, like of... in a season, because obviously they do it by week, don't they? And I feel like it goes on for absolutely months and months. They do like a season, I think, it's around 10 episodes, and they do it like weekly. Um, and it comes out maybe once a year or maybe once every two years. Oh, okay. But they do sometimes do specials, so maybe that's why it feels yeah, maybe, longer yeah. than it is. Yeah, it just feels like it. Go- well, when I was watching it back in the day, but then I was a lot younger, so like time is completely different mm-hmm. in that aspect. Like, I just felt like it went on for like seven months. Like, no joke. Yeah. I was like, when is this finishing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll be different now. I'm interested to see how they end Whitaker's run. Sorry. I was wondering that. Is, it, is she pregnant? Or am I just. Or did I make that up? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh, okay. No, I thought I saw something on it. You know, like one of those like fronts of magazines. And I was like, oh, I wonder how they're going to like write her out. It was like <laughs> Chris Chibnall was leaving. So like she wanted to leave with him, I think. Which I would is a like, shame. I don't like how she would have been under um, Russell, to be fair. I wonder if she, she would have like amazing. been better or like whether. She would have been great. She's a really great actor. Um, I like her in like so much, but just not this. I don't um, think I've yeah. seen her in anything. Well, you should watch Broadchurch. Tell you that. Watch all the other stuff that she's been really good in. Yeah, I've like like heard just really around, I think. I think. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Um. They ended like that last episode with the Sea Devils, like really fucking weirdly. I don't know. It's like it feels like they're building to like a 
some kind of relationship between the doctor and her partner again, which I don't normally like. And it's just like, it's so forced in. I feel like they're going to like do that, have them like kiss once. And then like Jodie Whittaker is going to leave forever. And then there'll be this new guy. Who is our partner anyway? It's uh, uh, Mandeep Gill, Yasmin Khan uh, in the show. And John Bishop. Also. Oh, I forgot John Bishop was in this because isn't he? They in, always um, have to have like an old white guy yeah. with Jodie Whittaker now, and I don't know why. They had Bradley Walsh at one point, and yeah. I like Bradley Walsh. I don't know about as an actor, but what was that other show that he was Torchwood? Was it? Um, mm. with jo- was it John Bishop? Was in there? That was no, um, John, John Barrowman. <laughs> no, John Bishop is <laughs> John Bishop, John Bishop, Bishop is a comedian. He's me. like a stand-up comedian. Yeah. The, oh no! I know who you're talking about now. He's the the one with the brown hair. It's yeah, like the sorry. First, the first part sorry. of it, like Whitaker's <laughs> run, it's like the TARDIS was too crowded, and like they had like three people, and they didn't need three people, and one of them was Bradley Walsh, and he was like the best part. Um, and then like they had just the Doctor and um, Jodie Whitaker and Mandeep Gill. I think I would have just been fine with them just doing it. But then they were like, no, John Bishop has to be here too. He has nothing to do with anything. He's just like they find him. And they're like, I guess you can come be with us. And now he's there. I don't know. I'm really, I'm interested to see how they end it. But I don't think it's going to be any good. So I'm just holding out hope for the, yeah. the, the, next, the next run. I'm excited yeah. to see where it goes. I will give it a watch because I really loved the old, like, when it first came on, when yeah. it was Russell T. Davis. I loved that run. That was a, it's like really nostalgic for me still, yeah. like. I think I've like binged through it all a couple of times since then yeah. and just had a great time. There's a lot of really bad episodes, but yeah. a lot it's of it's really great. Show, you know? I yeah, I, yeah. Kind, I, I kind of trust him. Sometimes, like, some of the writing in like those earlier seasons, like, so insane. Such incredible writing. Yeah. I just hope that he, he brings it back. And then yeah. you get stuff like that Absorbaloff episode, yeah. which is like, absolutely <laughs> shit. You the what? The Absorbaloff. Peter K dressed up as like a fucking. Just oh, I know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Guy yeah. Running around fucking Bristol or some shit. It was weird. That was a weird episode. But it stands oh, yeah. out. You do remember it. Yeah, it's At very memorable. Say that. Yeah, but I get it. I don't know. I think it's one of those shows, though. I feel like you can, you can, I don't know, you can get away with that kind of thing because it's just so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> this is not going to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Who. No longer poo. We'll see. Well, <laughs> Did you guys want to talk about that sh- other show you oh, watched? Oh, Heartstopper. Yeah. Uh, yes. What? I'll let you introduce it, because obviously you've read the graphic novels it's based on. <laughs> my time to nurture. Sorry, I was... Plus, he just my... spilled a tea all over my house. It's coffee, eh? <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, this, um, Netflix recently came out with a show, um, following these graphic, uh, well, they're kind of like graphic novels, but they're kind of, um, coming-of-age, uh, books by, um, Alice Oseman, and it's about, uh, these two boys that meet in school and one of them is gay and one of them is questioning whether he is somewhere gay and it's so wholesome i love it the books are great the books are so much fun i love this show this show's great the show kind of follows the first two books but they're thinking of making like three seasons so i don't know whether they're gonna like do the next book in the next season and like follow i have no idea but yeah well it's um the writer of the graphic novels wrote the show and created it as well. Oh, okay, so she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Um, I love the um the casting for this. Although I was under the impression that um Nick, who's played by Kit Connor, um, 
He's he was in Rocket Man. He was like the uh, one of the uh, I was gonna say little Elvins. Yeah, um, one young of the younger. Elvins. Yeah, he does the whole um, Saturday night. Yeah, um, when he's out of the pub number. with the glasses and stuff. Um, where was I going with that? Um, I, yeah, I was always under the impression that uh, Nick was blonde, which is fine if he's not. But when you he read the like graphic novels, hair. he looks blonde, and I was like, oh okay, he's he's not. He's Kip Connor. But I think he's cute. I love it. Mm, I think sure. it's really good acting. Um, yeah, I the think other, all the casting's really good. I don't good. remember what the other guy's called. Joe something? Joe Locke. Joe Locke, that's it. Yeah, I really love the tone that the show's going for because it it's very light. It's very like wholesome and happy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they are kind of tackling kind of dark themes like... I wouldn't say dark themes, but they're, ser- they're attacking serious topics like homophobia and... Yeah, um, no, coming out at school. Yeah, and questioning your sexuality that. and um, kind of gender norms and stuff and coming to terms with that. And I think the way they tackle it, it feels very, very realistic, but it never becomes melodramatic. Yeah, it feels kind of natural, doesn't it, it? It feels very natural, yeah. And that's something I really love about with, it. Especially um, with... Oh, they've got a, a trans actress playing Ellie, I think it is. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't know yeah, her name. Finny. Thank you. <laughs> Max yeah. just has it up on his laptop, and he's like, yeah, and "Something I actually names. really appreciated about the show is they bring up the fact she's trans in the first episode, and that's literally like the only yeah, time I think they, they bring, it up bring up once more, and that's they about like it. bring up how um, she was. They were in a, like an all boys school, and she transitioned and was being bullied so she when she like fully transitioned moved to an all girls school mm-hmm. and no one ever questions it or brings up the fact she's trans she's just a girl from then on and I really loved that because I can't think of any other show where you've had a trans character and they've not had to point it out loads and loads of times or focused on you know their gender dysphoria or anything yeah, it just it was, it it was, feels very real yeah it just felt kind of it was like the most wholesome I don't know it was, it's one of it's just one of them shows that just if you're young and gay or like in the LGBTQ community or whatever, I think you're just going to love this. It's, yeah. just, it's just such a wholesome, nice show. Like there, there are parts of it that just like really are, I, I, I wouldn't say like upsetting, but like really aggravating because you know that these people exist in real life. Like there's a guy called Harry and he's a fucking arsehole. Like he's always like, Oh yeah. Um, you see that guy over there? He totally wants to fuck you. What's it like to be gay? Is it fun being gay? And everyone's just like, shut up. Yeah, he's like the stereotypical, like, big-mouthed, like, bully sort of character. Mm. He's, like, really popular at school, but at the same time, it's clear that Fuck no one much. actually really likes him. They just I think kinda... they're just scared of him, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... I'm I'm excited to see what they do with it. Um, because Especially with um how it goes forward, where they're going to where the books end, how they're going to carry it on. Or well, I know she's got a couple of like spin-offs from yeah. like Heartstopper, but I haven't read them. So I can't comment on that too much, but apparently they're quite good as well. Cause um, there's like a spin-off of Heartstopper that's actually featured in the series, um, which is that um, they have like, there's like the tiniest section in, I think it's the first or the second book um, where, you know, Tara, Tara and Darcy were there in it. Mm. Yeah, and that literally has become like ingrained in the show. So I feel like if she's gonna include things that she's written already, I'm excited to see what she's how she's gonna like do it. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of like really cool, vibrant sort of visuals throughout as well, where mm. she like embraces kind of the graphic novel origins, and that there's loads of like cartoony comic book like visuals and stuff that I think look really great. Yeah, everyone's obsessed with that. Um, Everyone's getting tattoos of like the little leaves that like flow by like in the show because it's like in the book as well. Like whenever like something cute happens, it just like, 
there's like little leaves and stuff uh, yeah. hanging around. I like it. It's, it's quite nice. I also love the soundtrack that they use. It's like all yeah, it's cool. like modern day like indie sort of stuff, but they use a lot of like LGBTQ musicians like Girl in Red and Orla Gartland who both oh. have really great um coming out songs they put in this and the then show. that horrific um segment with uh the water park song yeah. <laughs> there's like a house party oh, where nice. <laughs> there's a house party where water parks and churches are playing and like the whole time i was thinking that's not the kind of music that plays at like a popular house party i i, I was laughing because i was like um what was it um that song played and I went, oh God. And then when the churches one played, I think me, one of us made a comment about like, oh, how, how is there only like two gay people at this party if they're listening to churches? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's more, I don't know. But um, I like the way the show ended as well. It was very like, I don't know, like you could have stopped the show there and it would have been like fine. Yeah. You know I mean, I thought, you know, it was, I was just getting excited, squealing. Yeah. A lot of great performances um, and casting, like I said. Olivia Coleman's in the show. She um, is she's not show. actually in it that much, but she is really great in it. Yeah, she has like a scene scenes. right at the end of the show, which is like really, really emotional, and I think she plays it so perfectly well. Yeah, apparently they actually um, had to do that scene like loads of times because they just kept crying. Yeah, it works. Which is quite well. sweet, yeah. Um, I know there's quite a lot of um, controversy surrounding uh, the main two uh, boys at the moment because uh, nothing that they've done, but like, um, I think Joe Locke is openly gay, but Kit Connor's kind of like, I'm just doing me, whatever. But loads of people are like proper getting on them about like their sexuality and like, I feel like they're trying to force like this image of what they've played in the show on their like personal lives. And they're all like, what do you mean you're not gay? And he's like, I'm just, I'm just living life, like, and I feel like it's. What it's about quite that sad. guy that you played in the show? Yeah, why are you, why are you not gay? And it's like he doesn't. You know, I, mean, I think it's, it's yeah. just a weird thing that I'm reading up on all these things where like people are like bullying them essentially, and it's really weird. Yeah, it's a lot of people feel like entitled to like actors' personal lives yeah. because they've seen them in like good shows. Yeah, if I they d- played like the character really well. I guess they might associate them with that character more so than. Just being their own person. Yeah, I think it's just a bit fucked up, personally. Yeah. Like, it's it's not it's none of our business, you know what I mean? But, but yeah, I really like the show. It's yeah, very easy to watch. It's like quite a short show. I think we watched it in like two days. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, the episode's very fast. It's never like really slow moments. Just very sweet, fun sort of stuff. Um, it's not something I'd recommend to everyone. Um, if you like your drama a bit more dark and serious, it's probably not for you. But if you just like something light and happy and sweet, then oh, I love it. There's not much more to it than that. It's not I want to be punched in the show. face by my drama. Yeah, we pummeled into the ground. Yeah, we're a rec room for a dream kind of people. We. <laughs> I want to be exhausted. When I'm drama. Yeah, we want to be like ready to fly out the window. Yeah, I mean more of you. <laughs> If you go for a show and you want to like have this deep emotional connection and you know go through a lot and like really feel something from it, then you're not really going to get that from this show. It's it's not a super deep show. It's quite simple, but no, it's that's kind of done by design. I think it works well as it is. Yeah, it's kind of take it at face value. Lovely. What? Uh, what the? <laughs> that's yeah. That's that then. Okay. <laughs> we watched a movie. It's a movie that we should have gotten last year, but we're only getting now. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> distribution. Thanks, whoever distributed this guy. Yeah. AB Svensk Film Industry. Well, I think it's one that's only Beautiful. really just gotten a wide release like yeah. across the world. I think even in like places like America, it mostly just got like festival runs last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, I've seen it all like, you know, every every poster's like showing at this festival and I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think <laughs> in the enough. UK it showed at the BFI London Film Festival mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. 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 But we got it now. It's called... The Worst Person in the World was directed by Joaquin Trier, who is uh, a, 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 a Danish-Norwegian film director. and A distant be- relative to Lars von Trier. Is he, indeed? I thought he might be, yeah. yeah. Um, this <gasps> is not like a Lars von Trier movie. Quite a simple movie about a woman called Julie, who's kind of battling indecisiveness, wondering what she wants to do with her life. Getting into relationships and the the human struggle, and it's, it's also about like the millennial uh, experience. I think uh, navigating the world, uh, the 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 world and like jobs and um, romance in uh, the the sort of twenty twenties. I think. Yeah. What do we think? I love this movie so mm. much. I thought this was a really, really powerful, beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I really, I really liked it. Um, I know sometimes I go into these films and I don't really know what to expect, but I, uh, yeah, yeah, was, I didn't was, really yeah, know what to expect amazing, yeah. from it. I didn't really know anything about I didn't really it. Up, yeah, I didn't look up anything about it. Oh, I saw one spoiler for it when I was looking up something, but that's like all the way at the end of the movie anyway. So yeah. it, read, it didn't spoil anything. For me, I read really. like the summary on Letterbox, and that was about it. And I read some reviews, but I didn't really know what it was going to be like, what like, like tonally or anything, or no, what I, was going to happen. I, I loved it. It, yeah. it. it was it was one of those strange films as well because I I spent a lot of it being quite um quite uh, jealous of the fact that I'm not a cartoonist. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that at some point. Um, I liked um how they kind of split everything into chapters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is gonna sound, yeah. This is going to sound like a really bizarre thing, but um. When I'm sitting in a in a movie, sometimes I like to know when it's going to end. So at yeah. least when the chapters are going down, I'm going. Like, okay, we should be back in here. Twelve parts back. or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like twelve parts, and it has an interlude and a ex- no, it's an yeah. epilogue and a prologue. Yeah. All right, sorry, I don't know my uh, my contents tables. <laughs> um, no, I really appreciated that. I I liked how um, you, you kind of had like these like different segments going on, but then they didn't necessarily have to connect, if that makes sense. Like, you don't have to transition. It just kind of goes, black screen, this is a thing that happened. This is a thing that happened. Da, it's da, like da, moments da, da. from a life. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that, actually, because it's... I don't know, it seems... It doesn't seem organic at all, but I think it works for the film and what they're trying to go for. Like, you know, when you're telling a story that, yeah. in that kind of way. You mean, like, narratively organic? Or yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think... It felt, like, really, like, realistic, and I think the whole time was just like... Yeah, this is life, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, this yeah. is exactly what it's trying to peddle. It's like, here's what being a millennial is like in the 21st century and like more so in the 2020s, um, which is obviously we're all millennials. Whoa! And um, <laughs> I think, I, oh, think well, I related to this like so much. It's yes, like same. such a relatable movie. And at some point I was like, Hmm. I don't know if that could be like a little bit grating on me because I kind of wanted like an experience where like this woman was like, 
uh, like completely her own person and not like a something to like put like an entire generation of people onto. Mm. But I do think the the uh, who who played her. I'm gonna try to pronounce her name. Renate Rainsver. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm pronounce that. But she was fantastic. She was so good, and I do think that character does stand apart. Sometimes it felt like a little bit like, "Ha, you're like this, aren't you?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Thanks, man. I know I am. I'm sorry." Um, it's it's like a really like tight drama. It's like a lot of it is like really emotional, like so heavy. So it's, it's really like, heavy. Yeah, oh, fucking hell, yeah. It is like kind of exhausting, but it does have like a lot of humor in it as well. I, I kind of do class it as a comedy. There's a lot. There's a lot in there to make you laugh. Yeah, it was like it's labelled as a comedy on like IMDb and Letterboxd, so I went in expecting something like quite funny and it is definitely funny. There's really humorous bits, but by the end of it I was just like deflated. <laughs> yeah, I would not define this as a comedy whatsoever. I think it just has comedic elements in it. But I think I think it's good though, because you kind of because you don't want something that's so heavy that you kind of leave feeling like you just want to jump out a window mm. at least this kind of i don't know it felt like i had a glimmer of hope in it at least you know what i mean like we all we, do you know we all millennial the people that i the generation i can't speak of and we're all deprecating humor ain't we like we, we yeah. just we make jokes out of every fucking thing that i think in some us. ways the humor actually makes relatable. the emotional parts hit even harder yeah because we because relate it, to that kind of thing yeah it we? makes you like it helps you connect to the characters and the story a lot more like you start to really care about these characters because you know you're laughing at stuff yeah. and having a really great time. So when like bad shit happens, like it does in the last like fifteen twenty minutes, you like it hits you even harder. Because no. life isn't just like the, the eternal slog, is it? It's no. not just like a life isn't like a drama. It's yeah. not like bad things happen consistently and then at the end you're like, wow, that was like a movie. Because <laughs> 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 it kind of. It ends, but it also doesn't end because it's like it's it's trying to tell a story, but it is just like snapshots of moments from this woman's life, and at the yeah. end, you know, she's not dead or anything. She's just she's just carrying on. Yeah, she's in like a completely new chapter of her life. Mm. Like the um, epilogue is, I don't know how far away it's set. It must be a couple years after the bulk of the movie, but mm -hmm. it feels very disconnected. It feels like oh, this is what the character's up to. Now, later yeah. on uh, yeah I, th I think it tied it together pretty nicely like yeah. sometimes that could be quite fan service -y, but I thought, it's I not thought really it a film with a clear beginning middle and end it's just kind of a bunch of mm. stuff happening mm. and then it kind of ends on I this emotional like it's crescendo 20s though, right? it's just like yeah. a bunch yeah. of shit that happens you gotta try to figure out exactly like what you're trying to do none of us have it together and like we're all scrambling she's like at the beginning of the movie, she's like telling her mother, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a photographer. Or I'm going to be a biologist and I'm going to do this and this and this. I'm going to go to school and do all these things. It's like, yeah, who of us hadn't like thought about like what we want to do and just like changed it over and over yeah, and over I, again. Yeah, I, I, I had to laugh because it, it was kind of, yeah, it was one of those you're watching it and you go, yeah, that's reliable, isn't it? Like, and at the end, like <laughs> she gets out of school and she just works at a bookshop and it's like, yeah, exactly. That's just like what... That's yeah, kind know, of what like, has happens in this day and age, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I know. I hate when you see those movies of like people who have gone to like law school and then you see them in the next snapshot and they're like a hotshot lawyer and you're like, no, they're an English teacher now. <laughs> Please yeah. stop lying to me. Like, I appreciate that she worked in the bookstore because she's like, oh yeah, it's just something to pay the bills. Because who hasn't worked in a job 
at school and went, oh, yeah, it's just to pay the bills, and then went there for way too long. Yeah. I did it. Chris has done it. Everyone's done it. (laughs) (laughs) Still there. (laughs) Yeah, that's just, like, stuff you got to figure out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's not, you know, and that's kind of what the movie's about. It's, like, it's all the minutiae of life and all, like, the, the, the petty stuff, like, work and dating and getting into petty arguments with, like, your partners and your friends and they think it it's like gets quite heavy at the end where like there was this um guy that she was in a relationship with who like they broke up and then like years later they like he had he got cancer so, like there was like a whole thing with him getting cancer and like kind of reflecting on his life and how he had like so many regrets or like like he just loved her so much and like that's the one thing he kind of didn't regret and it's like he doesn't really have all the answers or like he he doesn't even he's it's not like yeah all this stuff it's like made me wise just like i just don't want to die you know and that was like so upsetting yeah don't oh just just even thinking about that scene again especially when he sits in the cut nah guys i can't can't do it it is kind of like yeah you know what i did live a good life i'm quite like i've been around a bit he was very successful day, in his like, life, it, it all pales in comparison to like the the, the last stand. It's like it, death is inevitable and it comes for us all. And like, how could you not be terrified of it? Yeah, I think um, the main character, a lot of the films, kind of her trying to find happiness in a way, and she doesn't really know how to do that. She's kind of jumping between different things, hoping that that will bring her some sort of happiness, and she's. Just kind of stumbling around in a in a way, kind of reflecting on some stuff and trying to work out whether she's made a mistake or whether, you know, if she f- keeps following down a certain path, whether she'll end up okay in the end. And I think that's definitely something that everyone can kind of relate to. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you even get like um like the start of new relationships where it's like so lovely and wonderful and like it's like the honeymoon phase of a relationship and like there was a part where like she kind of stopped time and just like ran through the streets as everybody everybody was like frozen had like this little thing with a guy she met at a party um you know like run around the the city uh just like doing shit to like people who were stood still uh trying to think about like Oh, when you're in a new, new relationship, you're like the only two people in the world, and that's like, I think that's kind of what that was trying to get at, or like trying to stop the world in a way that like makes you like appreciate a moment more. Mm. Yeah, that was a really, really beautiful scene. I think for sure, I really like that scene where they like meet at the party as well, and they're trying to come up with like all different. They're like, "Yeah, I'm in a relationship. I'm in a relationship too." What are all the ways we could like get closer to each other without it being classed as cheating? It was like, that was really funny and like yeah. really fun. They're like They're smelling like, each other's armpits, <laughs> watching each other's shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. At a certain point, don't you like know what's cheating and what's not? Like, well, if you yeah, like of course do all the- these different things that like are trying to breach that sort of divide there, surely you know what, like in your own heart, like what's going too far or what's well, yeah, not. I, I think they do know that, but I feel like it's kind of like, the fun of like you know when you meet someone and you just like what like experiment like, so, yeah, yeah like you just like, just coming up with things to do <laughs> what do you mean it's not cheating like didn't you see like she blew c- cigarette smoke into his mouth it was like that was the most erotic thing in this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was mad 
really great, really great like shots as well, really great shot composition, camera work and just direction all around. I don't know what I've seen from Joaquin Trier before. Uh, what else has he done? Pull up the stuff. Movies. Is um, yeah, just not a lot. Of, I don't think I've seen really anything from him apart from no, this. No, I've not. I've heard quite mixed things about his other movies. Weirdly enough, yeah, this one seems to be the one that universally pretty much everyone loves. I can see why. You no, know? it's a very relatable movie. Um, I think it's getting like a Criterion release. Um, mm. really, I think a lot of people are really interacting with it. Yeah, um, would have liked to have seen it. Maybe get a couple more nominations at the Oscars. Did it get like a foreign film nomination? Yeah, it did. Yeah. I think it lost to Drive My Car. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it won, but I know it got um, nominated for Best Original Screenplay as well. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure um, Renate Rains got like the Cannes Actress Award. Yeah. She, she was fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. I don't think I've seen her in anything else, but no, I really want to look out for It's like big role, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, all, there's quite a lot of like creative visual moments as well. I think a lot of creative sequences, like the bit where time like is frozen, and um, there's that really great sequence where she um, takes mushrooms and starts hallucinating, yeah. and that's like really surreal and weird. But it's just so much fun and so creative and interesting to watch. And there's a lot of really cool stuff like that throughout. I think that was crazy. I completely forgot about that, but now I just remember it all. She like smears like period blood over her face. Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was a, a what, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it was just really great to see this movie on like the big screen. We, we watched it, it was in like, like the biggest screen the I've biggest ever seen. Screen in the south of England. We yeah. have over here, so we watched it on there. It looked amazing. Um, really, just like wanting to push for more movies to be shown on like the big screen or like the smaller movies that we don't really get to see. Because mm. um, this was just gorgeous. That's why I love that cinema number six because mm. they seem to show like all the small films that don't get shown on like like in the big chains. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are they are doing that a little bit though. I know they've got a couple coming up that are in view at the moment, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. yeah. I mean, just you get occasional like foreign movies and like indie movies at mm. the chains. Like obviously, we saw Titane in view. Right. Yeah, um, we did. Yeah, that you get them occasionally. It it's just right, yeah. seems very few and far between. I think, especially where this was distributed by Mubi, which is still quite a small distribution like company. Mm-hmm. It mostly will just go to smaller. Yeah, Mubi are going to all places. the art houses, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I think I saw Petite Bamar. I like a one of those smaller cinemas in Chichester. Mm. That was Mubi as well. Um, they're making like really interesting movies. That's why you got to like give chances to these smaller uh, distribution uh, companies. I think. Yeah, I feel like you kind of you should go and see a a movie, even if it's like <laughs> a normal chain movie at a cinema, like a art house. Yeah, just to like give companies them the like funding. A24, yeah. A24 are like going up there. I think. Yeah, yeah I mean, it- um, everything, everywhere, all at once is getting a really big release, and that's their first. I think their first film they've distributed entirely themselves in the UK before. Yeah, like normally crazy. they'll get like Universal or a bigger studio to distribute it, but they're doing this one all themselves. I have a feeling it's because of all the hype that's gone around Probably. it. Like de- yeah. the hype is unbelievable for that film. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. Uh, should we give our ratings on the worst person in the world then? Sure, sure. Take it away. 
yeah, this was a really, really powerful, beautiful movie. Um, I think when I saw it, I was like so enamored by it and left the cinema and I was like, that was like one of the best films I've ever seen. And I was worried that like over the like couple of weeks since we watched it, that my opinion would um, weaken, but I'm still really, really in love with this movie and cannot wait to watch it again. So I think I'm going to give it an easy 10 out of 10. I think it's going to be one that I'm going to fall deeper and deeper in love with as I rewatch it. It's a very intelligent movie. I think I really want to watch it again. It was kind of, I don't know if I wanted like more of an emotional response from it, but maybe that's something that will uh, occur on a second watch. I do appreciate what I got out of the first watch. I think um, more more eyes on this movie, please, because it's, it's so good. Mm. It's so good. I, I really love movies like this. They're just like, the concepts are quite simple, but they're executed so masterfully. Um, I'll give it, for now, I'll give it an 8 out of 10, because I, I think perhaps it will go up on a second watch, um, but right now I'm happy with what I, what I got from it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really love this movie. <laughs> I was like thinking about things when Max was talking, and it just kind of like uh, hasn't come out, spilled out of my brain, essentially. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember talking to Chris about this when we left. And he was like, oh, I spent, I spent quite a lot of it trying not to cry. And I was like, oh, my God, so did I. But um, I was quite lucky that I got, a, I, got, I got away from that because it was that place was packed, man. I don't think I would have survived crying in front of these hipster people yeah, that were I mean, sitting in the front. I mean, there was a lot of people. Front. I could hear a lot of people crying. So yeah, there, there was a Josh. lot of like visceral reactions. But um, yeah. I, yeah, I really like this film. Um, I, yeah, I will watch it again. Um, so I'll give it a 9 out of 10. Sorry, I've forgotten what you rated out. Oh, sorry. Cool. Now we're going on to <laughs> now we got the, the the crux of the, the the episode. What the the best series of movies we've ever watched? Yes. Um, I recently went to Wales and I climbed Snowdon, and on the way back down from Snowdon, I hit a rock and twisted my ankle. Now I have a lot of bruises on my ankle, and I'm just in a lot of pain. Just taking pills. Um, and that night, like we went to like the Weatherspoon. I was funneling fucking peanut butter, whiskey, and ale, and just so much pills down my throat. Um, and it still hasn't healed. Um, I was in a lot of pain, uh, and uh, quite quite a bit of pain when we watched uh, the Spy Kids movie. Yeah, is, is this Max's so maybe that way will of... contribute to it? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say um, is this is why you were about to say that was still less painful than watching this trilogy. I was I was waiting for it to transition to. <laughs> Ah, uh, I'm in physical and mental pain from this. Spy Kids. Just want to give like a thing about like how I was feeling when I was watching this. Oh, it was like the the mental anguish of having right. to watch Spy Kids oh my God, while the, also being in physical pain right, when I foot up. It was like, a really really nice day outside. Really well. Right, and yeah. let me tell you what that feeling was. Every five seconds, I could just hear Max going, <sighs> <laughs> just deep sighs. I couldn't look at him because I just kept laughing every time he was doing it. I was like, I can't look at you. How familiar are we with the Spy Kids movies? Not very. Upsettingly familiar. <laughs> like, I was four when the first one came out. They came out over three years. They did? So I was like, between four and six when these movies came out. I remember vividly seeing this one and the, the first one and the second one in the cinema and having all three of them on DVD and watching them all the time as a kid. Um, to the point where when we were watching these movies, I was like, oh shit, I remember this bit. 
like every single thing that happened. And this is why you were like, oh, I shouldn't remember this. Um, yeah, I remember the third one. Um, I used to have it on DVD with like the little 3D glasses that came in the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I only watched this one, but I think it's because it was in 3D. I went, oh my God, it's in 3D. Can we get it? And I guess that's what happened. Yeah. What about you, Max? Do you, you watch them? Or? Oh, I was quite familiar with um, at least the second and the third one. I didn't really remember the first one all that well. Um, and, I mean, being real, I even watched them yesterday and I still don't remember it, really. <laughs> I just don't. I, just, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was genuinely disappointed with these movies and I don't know why. This fucking Spy Kids. Yeah, but you said you, want, you said you wanted to enjoy it. I, actually I did want to enjoy it. I wanted to get like some, to like a little it. bit of nostalgia for my yeah. childhood of these movies that kind of, they were, a, they were a part of that childhood. And I think like, I, I don't know. I just wanted something. I wanted something. But I didn't want it to be like this disappointing slog of a fucking marathon who went on forever and just like none of it hit home at all. It was just, it was so dull. It was so dull and boring, and it's just, it looks disgusting. The fucking direction is horrible. I hate Robert Rodriguez's direction. <laughs> All of his movies, I don't like any of his movies. I think he sucks. <laughs> He's like making movies in his fucking back garden now. I don't like the guy. It's annoying. It's, it's, it's like the, the, the most ugly movies that look so expensive. Uh. But they're not. They're no, not. yeah, they they all uh, kind of uh, they're horrible. all around thirty five million. Yeah, that's one of the things. One of the reasons why he's had such a long lasting career is because he's always made films on a really small budget, basically doing everything himself. Like, I think his very first film, El Mariachi, which I've not actually seen, but I've heard it's quite good. Um, he literally did everything by himself except for acting it. It does show that he does everything himself, and that's not exactly a compliment. I mean, I, re- I respect it, because this man's actually gone out of his way to make a film. But I it's respect not, it's not... him, but I don't think he's a very no, good he's not... director. Uh, not uh, even that I think he's a terrible director, I think he's a competent one, I just don't think the films he makes are good. I think if he had like a good source material, like a good script to work off, he could do, do you what, uh, a good job. Like I liked from Dust Till do Dawn. You know what, maybe but... his films aren't competent, but maybe he is. He's just not willing to put in the money to or make maybe his he's films just not a better. Good writer. Or maybe he's not a good writer. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. If he were making movies or like shows for CBBS, he'd be a genius, right? Yeah, I think I, I, I think it's entertaining enough if you're six. Well, it probably was. Like, I liked these movies when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember how old I was when I saw this. Uh, the first, this one, the third one. But um, yeah, yeah, I watched it like a million we, like, times. Introduce yeah, the first I was just one. <laughs> so the first one is called Spy Kids. Um, as I said, directed by Robert Rodriguez from the year two thousand and one. Um, the film is about um Carmen and Junie, who are two young kids who um basically they think their parents are really really boring and dull. Um. But secretly, their parents, Gregorio and Ingrid, are actually top secret agents who gave up being spies to settle down and have a family. Um, They go on a mission to save a bunch of these um, secret agents who have been kidnapped by this evil guy called Fegan Floop, who has a kids TV show which um, Carmen loves. And when they go on this... Yeah, that's the one. Junie loves and when 
they go on this mission to find them. They go missing. So Carmen and Junie have to basically become spies themselves to save their parents. There's a whole twisted um, plot where loads of shit's going down. This yeah. is bullshit. I don't like this movie. This is so annoying. <laughs> like, fucking hell, so much kiddy humour. Like, yeah, it probably was fine when I was a kid. Because it's, it's so filled with, like, just juvenile childish humour. Everybody, th- I, I know they think this is so cool. They think this movie is awesome. When they're making it, they're like, oh, man, fucking look at those, those, um, those fucking floop guys, the fucking monsters that they're making these people yeah, dress like, up like fucking I'm- weird, deformed Teletubbies. Yeah, like- they look disgusting. <laughs> Everything looks awful. The fucking thumb thumbs look disgusting. Mm, I mean, they do. Though, I mean, they're iconic. Those thumb thumbs, like yeah, you remember right. them. Aren't they iconic for like just being horrific? Yeah. That's yeah. why I remember like them because they feel. look terrifying. Like, horrible. Yeah. I remember being terrified of them as a kid as well. I'm terrified of them now. <laughs> yeah. Like no I'll give it that then. <laughs> there was like there was like a part where um like you know, um the parents are like about to get into this car or whatever and they do that thing where the like the, the door flies open. I said, That's not as cool as it seems. And I just see Max writing, they think this is so cool. And I was yeah. just like, that is so true. <laughs> like, you you can open a door in, in real life. It's yeah. not it's not that impressive. It, it's not as cool as it looks. I think everything looks like really <laughs> synthetic and disgusting. So that- much green screen usage, so many like weird d- d- disgusting looking sets. I don't know. It's like they, they uh, I don't know. It is, it's like, when you get to, like, Floop's Castle, it mm. looks horrible. It's like, all round and, like, scraggly, just, like, rounded, bulbous walls to it. It's like they gave, like, ten people free reign to design their own TARDIS interior, and they meshed it into one castle. Yeah. And they were like, here's, the, here's how it looks. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's, re- it's really, like, um... Yeah, it feels random. Like, it feels like, yeah, like, t- ten different places just in one big building it's just really it's really bizarre because yeah. it's like you almost don't know whether they're in the castle anymore or if they're somewhere else it's so strange i think a lot of the film has this very striking look in like the set designs and the like the creatures that are called floops fooglies or something yeah, yeah fooglies yeah whatever that means like they're they look very distinctive you can tell it was made by someone who has this very distinct vision of what he wants the film to look like and on the one hand, I do kind of respect it for that. I do respect that it really does go for it. But at the mm. same time, it looks so ugly. It's very, <laughs> very memorable. Um, yeah. I can't think of anything that looks quite like this. But at the same time, Nothing maybe wants to there's a like reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't tell what the colour palette was meant to be. Like Everything. Yeah, some, yeah, sometimes it's like muted and kind of like green like yellowy grossness and then sometimes it's just yeah. like every colour everywhere all a lot the of the film home. is so orange it looks like it was shot on the sun yeah no but the, I think I yeah I was thinking about this right so where, like when it opens I was like why is everyone so bloody orange why yeah. is the background so orange I was like watching do the right thing or something it was just so <laughs> like bright it was just weird <laughs> and like are they right and I, I've, I've, I don't think I asked it when we were watching it but are they in Spain? Are they in America? Where is this place? They're that this... in America. Yeah. Oh, because like just a lot of people happen to just be Spanish, and it, no, you know, Spanish people in America. But it just it was confusing. <laughs> I'm like Mexico. Like... Mexico's in America, right? Yeah. It's just like Robert Rodriguez. He 
he has a habit of doing that because he is American. Yeah. He, I think he was from Mexico. Mm-hmm. A lot of his early films were entirely set in there. Yeah, like Once Upon yeah, a Time yeah. in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. Which is a film I have not seen, but my mum likes, so it could be good. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Like, whatever. I don't care that they're Mexican. <laughs> no, 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 I don't care about that. It was just, I, w- I was confused about, like, where it was kind of It's set, fine, it's fine. It sets, so. it, apart, uh, it sets it apart from other spy movies. And they're trying to make, like, a James Bond or Mission Impossible for the kids. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. fair cop. That's fine. I guess I liked it when I was a kid. I wouldn't really have a problem mm-hmm. with it. But he's, it's like he's still making movies that are like this, like even today. I watched a fucking um, uh, reel, like a behind-the-scenes reel for We Could Be Heroes, his newer movie that he made for Netflix. Yeah. It looks the same. It looks like this. It still looks like this. He's That's making it? movies in his back garden. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. That one's a sequel to um, Shark Boy and Lava Girl as well. Mm-hmm. What? What? When did that come out? Like two, three years ago. Yeah, yeah. When it was announced, it was like hyped up as being like the big sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and apparently they're like only in one or two scenes. I don't, I, yeah. I don't know about that at all. <laughs> Most of it's just Pedro Pascal and some kids in Robert Rodriguez's garden. Yeah. I, I. I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds creepy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then that's Hollywood, baby. So. Just like people dressed up in green screen suits. Wrestling kids, yeah. Like, uh, what, I, I fit like so, some of the weird, like I don't know, some of the more uh, normal parts of it is actually watching. Like they have like the bloopers at the end, and you can see like all the green screen and stuff. And I'm like, do you know what? This probably would have looked better if you just painted a background rather than like all yeah. This CG I think it was in the stuff. third one. They had like actual like what it looked like yeah. bits where there was like kids like on pogo sticks, and they weren't actually on pogo sticks. It was just people holding them up. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think some of the CGI in this is just a bit unnecessary. That was annoying in like that the, the third movie where like they had the credit scenes where they're just shown behind the scenes and it's like, yeah, look what we did, guys. Isn't this awesome? It's like, no, it looks lazy. It looks like you just put them in a green screen room and then did everything in post production. It's, it's lazy. I don't. That is what they did. <laughs> the, like this movie is like ninety percent green screen. Well, I think all three of them are probably yeah. 90% I think green this screen, one to be probably the least mm. of the trilogy. Until there are sets. Yeah. Like, mm. Just making like the most ugly set possible. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look good. I don't know who their set designer was just needs to be shot. I think out of all of them, this one definitely has the most um, usage of practical stuff. Yeah, like the. Um, floops fooglies they're like all practical and although they i don't think they the design of them are good i think i respect like they actually look like creatures like they actually like practically made yeah like a nightmare why would a kid watch that yeah Yeah. i I can i can the show is so creepy most horrifying shit what i don't even know what it's even like but what is that show even meant to be just stands in front of a camera and goes these are my flugleys. Even like, like, Gregorio at one point goes, it like calls <laughs> it like really terrifying yeah. or like satanic or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like, it's like nightmare. trying to talk Junie down. Junie, this is a fucking weird show. Stop watching it, man. It, this is nightmare fuel. It's like, maybe it's like hypnosis. Maybe they just, I don't even know, man. He like goes into like that, uh, the dreamatorium type thing and mm. like fucking talks to Floop and he's like this massive god guy yeah, he's, he's in the clouds he's like you know what your show needs it needs more kids and he's like oh you're a genius Junie I'm <laughs> glad I'm talking to you in this huge room I'm, I'm, I'm a huge guy yeah, thanks little, for your inspiration little did he know that Floop was also Nightcrawler and X-Men too <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, two weeks of Alan coming. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he yeah. Did not he's know. probably the best one here. I would he, agree. He I actually, actually think yeah, he's, he's good in this yeah. movie. He's, he's actually really funny though, but like for all the weirdest reasons. Like I don't think that's down to him though. I actually think it's just down to like mm. yeah, he's what really the hell going is this for it. He's really over the top in it. I think it does. It fits what the character's supposed to be. Oh yeah, because he's like a demented show host. Yeah. Isn't he? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really understand the character, what his motives are. No. That's what I found the most confusing in the film because it, it doesn't like, seem like he has motives because it obviously ends up not being him. It ends yeah, up being but like, someone else. At the same time, I'm like, well, why? Why did you agree to do it? Yeah, why, yeah, why does he go with? along with it? Uh, that's yeah, why are you it, going yeah. along with this plan? Yeah, like, like he clearly doesn't want, want to. He's like, oh, I never wanted to do this, and I was like. You didn't have to. If he wanted to do a kids' TV show, just do a kids' TV show. Seems like he wants to be a children's entertainer, but for some reason he's been caught up in this like scheme to steal secret agents. Yeah, has he been like blackmailed or something? Like I'm confused. I don't understand how this works. Obviously, they're never kids. These are the robot kids. The spy kids. He's making the spy kids. KX four five nine. Whatever. What the hell? Why? Why they're like? You know what we need? Spy kids because kids. There, nobody suspects a kid, and then we're gonna get we're gonna, these guys are gonna be the future of the, the, the robots. Yeah, that is li- that is literally <laughs> okay. their reasoning. They're like, oh yeah, these spies. Yeah, they're if we w- just make them kids, no one's gonna know. Yeah, it's like they're they are they working with like the government, like the army or something. I have no like, idea. Why do you dress them in the same costumes then, like the same outfits, like grey, like Pink Floyd, the Wall or something? Yeah. Oh yeah, they're, and they're getting all like, all, like their brain indoctrinated. Stuff, yeah, yeah, it's weird as hell. Like, really, you wouldn't suspect a kid who was dressed like a fucking Holocaust victim? It, really? Yeah, it's really if you saw bizarre. him out in the playground, that'd be weird. Yeah, and like their eyes like light up and stuff. And it was like, if you wanted to make a kid that was Nobody supposed tried, to pass yeah. as a kid, why would their eyes light up? Nobody tries to help Carmen and Junie when they're being beaten up on the playground by the yeah, robot kids. Just start, like, no one's, it seems like no one's even there, but they are there. Yeah. They're all playing with each other and they're just like, oh, look, there's Carmen copies. Um, <laughs> On the um like carousel thing, um, and the robots like spinning it like really fast, and then Junie gets off and he's like perfectly fine. He's not dizzy or anything, even though he's been on this like thing going at a thousand miles per hour for like five minutes. <laughs> Trying to rearrange his yeah. brain, and then as soon as he gets off, like sick? all these kids like start <laughs> screaming like because they're excited that it's gone this fast and they run over and get on it. That would never be weird. me. That whole sequence was weird. Why did Carmen like? punch the robot in the face and then and go like, out ah, my hand <laughs> ah, and like st- still tries to punch him in the face yeah. again it's like what and head butts <laughs> straight yeah. after uh, it's just this will work if i use it, my head yeah it's like ignoring <laughs> logic it didn't make any sense it worked in toy story too it can work here maybe so i just i don't i don't really know what to say about this movie to be honest is i just felt like it was just kind of there if the music is, that, uh, is iconic. You've got that theme song with the like guitar riff that plays in all the films. Yeah, so... Um, That's so memorable. Yeah, the lo- uh, yeah. Just, just before we started watching it, Chris was like, right, the Spy Kids theme. And I went, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he played it and he went, the Spy Kids theme. I, was like, I spent I don't like know 10 what minutes about. trying to find that one guitar riff and I couldn't yeah, find there, it. Yeah, because there was like loads of different songs. Yeah, I went through the, the entire film. score and I couldn't find that one riff. I think it's, it's called the Cortez family, I think. Maybe. I'm pretty sure I that's what it's called. It, it came up at the bottom, you know, because we get the subtitles on. Oh, I like that bit also where uh, they're saying their names and then the subtitles just go, do you know what? Their names are too long. I'm not even going to yeah. bother with this. 
Let's try to speak Spanish here. No thanks. God, I'm not translating yeah. Spanish. Fuck off. The subtitles on these DVDs were really bad, by the way. Yeah, and there's nothing against the film, but for some reason, like yeah. a lot of them were really out of sync, or yeah, they, they were, were like, just going wouldn't really actually say the line <laughs> that they were saying. They probably couldn't be bothered. Yeah. Yeah, like cut off bits of the line, like they were saying something, and it would just end before it. So like, it's it's not even accurate. Funny how they like speak in normal American accent, but as soon as Carmen needs to say her full name. It was like straight into a Spanish accent. Yeah, she's got to put that Spanish twang on her name. That's weird. (laughs) And why you needed to do that? Say it really, really fast. Uh, Why did? Why did like they? If they were being hunted, like the mum and the dad, if they were being hunted by the other spies and Mm -hmm. they had to get away, why did they not change their name from Cortez? Just like, yeah, I guess we're still the Cortez family. I think the spies just stopped hunting him. Yeah. Seems like that. Well, I guess we we can give up on this now. Yeah, because yeah. it just seemed like they... They flew away. Yeah, they put themselves back into it. Really. Yeah, like they were, they were still like. in contact with DOSS, like the spy organisation. So, like, they could have easily been found, but just no one did it. Yeah, clearly no one wanted to find them. But for some weird reason, they went, oh, no, we Until must it was be in danger, so we're going to gonna do it. And then, then yeah. they went after him. Which makes no sense. Because how old is... Carmen, she's got to be at least twelve. They or said something. she was nine. She's yeah. nine. Okay. Yeah, she didn't look nine. She no, definitely she looked older. But so okay, so she's nine. So they yeah. So for at least nine years, no one went. Do you know what? Uh, we're just gonna leave them. I Alexa guess. Alexa Vega. Yeah. Yeah, she's what? She's definitely at least thirteen in these films, <laughs> or twelve, or something. She's definitely not nine. Junie, I could well, believe, whatever. was nine. Junie was annoying as hell. <laughs> Such yeah, a shit. He's Especially kind of annoying in, in all movie. these films, to be honest. I think he becomes less annoying as the series goes on, but in this one, he's like really obnoxious. His whole arc is like, I have warts on my fingers. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta put these colourful plasters on my fingers to cover up my warts. And his whole arc is like, I've conquered my fear. The warts are gone. Like, what? Yeah, because his yeah, warts what are only growing because he's like scared and has sweaty hands. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah, but can't you just have sweaty hands <laughs> without just have being scared? something yeah. instead? <laughs> no, we have to get rid of the warts. <laughs> that was what... Like, I d- that wasn't needed. You didn't need no. to have that. Uh, Bit of a nice gross out in the first, what, two minutes of the film? It wasn't even yeah. two minutes, it was like 30 seconds. That intro was really weird where um, Ingrid tells that story of like how she got with her dead dad. Because like... The kids are like really excited to hear this story and they're like asking these questions and they're asking it as if they've never heard the story. Yeah, yeah. I think but like she... Ingrid made a point at the beginning where she was like, I think you know this story better than I do at this yeah, point. Colin was like telling it back to her. Yeah. yeah. But then she was like, but then what happened after that? And she like seemed really confused and like intrigued by this story as if she'd never yeah. heard it before. Yeah, but it's just plot filler for us. Maybe she's just an idiot. <laughs> Maybe she forgets she's a every silly. night. Just She's a little in- kooky. Who yeah. knows? They never like figure if how many times they told the story and they never like doesn't that like you and dad then maybe? Maybe it could be like you guys. Sounds quite familiar. No, because they think their parents are so boring yeah. that they couldn't ever be spies. I do like the bits though where um just after they are like you ever thought, right, when you were a kid, did you or did you not fuck around with your parents' stuff, right? How did they never figure out that all the makeup stuff and all the other like tables and stuff like produce like this mass spike? Yeah. Because I used to fuck around all the time with stuff. Like yeah. you would have just pushed a couple buttons. It was like, ah, this is the CIA. Like you find things you never wanted to find. <laughs> <laughs> never go through your parents' stuff. It scars you forever. Maybe that's why. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they that's knew. why they never did it. Yeah. 
Um, They're into some freaky shit, probably. <laughs> yeah. I just... Find Antonio Banderas's mustache collection somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very small mustache in this. Like, yeah. it's, like, very thin. His little pencil mustache. Yeah. yeah. Which they establish isn't even real. It's, like, stuck on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That it's one's like, definitely real, though, isn't it? Like, you know when you see the other moustaches in this series and it's like, that's fake? Mm-hmm. I feel like his is at least real. Because who can't grow that much hair in a moustache? Like, it was, like, literally, like, a millimetre, like, thick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like <laughs> their um, fake uncle, played by um, Cheech Marin, who, like, has this moustache and he goes, I'm not really your uncle, he pulls the moustache off. What? Like... What? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if my what? uncle did that to me... I, it would rock my world. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I'm not your uncle, then pulled his mustache off. I'd be yeah. like, oh, oh my God. I, kinda, I, I don't understand why that became like a recurring thing throughout the no. whole series. It was like, oh, I'm not your uncle. And it's like, we und- we, we, we know. We're. Yeah, no, their real uncle is Danny Trejo, plays Machete, mm-hmm. starting the Machete cinematic universe. Yeah. So there's a Machete cinematic universe. Well, he played Machete in a movie called Machete. And then there was a sequel called Machete Kills. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. That's probably awesome. I'll watch there those. There were also Robert Rodriguez movies. So. I won't watch those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just mention that name. The only part that gave me like, a little bit of a chuckle was like when Floop was on the computer screen. He's like, oh, that Junie and Carmen are like, you got to save our parents. Can you save them? And the computer screen says, too late on yeah, it. And he says, that's actually funny. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> that was all right. Yeah, but that, you know, he's just a... Uh... He just made the movie what yeah. it was, to be fair. You got George Clooney showing up at the very end. Like, what the fuck? Why is George Clooney here? For, some, for like two seconds he's in it. Yeah, he's not in it for very long. And <laughs> but he's in all of them for about <laughs> that long. Yeah, I don't understand why he's in them. I guess like him, Rodriguez are mates, you know. Well, good yeah, mates. there was a lot of weird like people in the movie. Like um, Mike Judge plays Donegan. Mike Judge is the guy who created Beavis and Butthead and <laughs> directed the film Office Space, and he's been in a lot of comedy stuff. Um, he also had Richard Linklater, the director, has a small cameo in the film at one point. Mm-hmm. He plays like a spy that you see on one scene. Well, I, I really kind of weird. appreciate George Clooney's kind of um, transparency. There's like a blooper where he's like, this is going to end my career. Is <laughs> <laughs> that like the third one? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Might have been, yeah. I don't know what Robert Rodriguez <laughs> has on all these directors, but like, all these like celebrities and stuff, but he clearly has some dirt that people don't want to yeah. get out that's like <laughs> making them be in these movies. He, yeah, he's like... um. Well, like right at the end of the blooper reel in um the third one, George Clooney's like, "This could be the end of my career right here," and it's like, "Why did you include that in the end credits of your movie?" Is like, <laughs> I feel like he was just being serious. <laughs> like they know these movies suck. <laughs> um, is there really anything else to add to this movie? No, probably uh, not. No, we I don't think anything to add. Yeah, we've gone through all of my points. So, uh, drew rate to out of floops fooglies. Okay, floops floops. Yeah, this is not a very good movie. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say I had a bad time during it because, like, most of it, I was either like feeling kind of nostalgic because I remembered it from my childhood, or it was like so bad that I was kind of like intrigued by the movie. Um, it's a very baffling movie, um, but it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Give it like four floops, fooglies out of ten. Yeah, it's probably five for kids. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's like a baby movie. Yeah, it's a baby movie. 
baby movie for babies. I'm not a baby. I'll give it four floops floolies out of ten. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was a baby movie. Maybe like a four-year-old kind of movie. Um, do you know what? I, I didn't even find it that bad. It was just really like... It was kind of there. It was sort of like inoffensive. But for me... I laughed so much because of some of the like the incompetencies that I actually kind of enjoyed it. And I think if I was like intoxicated or something, it would have been the best time. Oh yeah, definitely. This would have been a fun marathon if we were all really drunk. Oh, honestly, like I laughed so much more than I needed to. So um, I'll give it five floopy flugel what's it out of ten. Cool. (laughs) The second one is Spike It's Two Island of Lost Dreams. Came out the year after another Rodriguez joint, and they're back again. The, the Cortezes, they're all back, and they're spies still. And they they got a tr- they got a like Junior is like framed. He's like everyone's like you took the transmoker device, you know, like you let the transmoker device be stolen, Junior. You're and you're. You're a bad spy. And he's like, no, I have to clear my name. So they go <laughs> to an island where they find Steve Buscemi. And he's got many animals in a zoo that have real big animal counterparts on the island. And they got to get the, the Transmooka device back. To I don't fucking know why. Because it's, it's like an EMP. They got to stop the world from being destroyed, I guess. Is it fun to say Transmooka? It's a stupid, dumb name. What does that even... What does uh, it... Oh, what's cool, th- you just made this up, didn't you? Like, yeah. The worst name you could have given um, it. Could have just said EMP. Yeah. Takes yeah. up less time. I think we uh, could benefit on this podcast with having that Island of Dreams song just playing on loop in the background while we talk about this. It's like, Island of Dreams! Well, then they song, sang at the end of the, the credits. Yeah, the song was great. Yeah. Um, that didn't need to be in there. They had like a musical number in the end credits for some reason. It was very yeah. bizarre. But Danny Trio was like, oh, I've made these. You've got to like, because you're a spy, you have to be a pop star for some reason. <laughs> it's and like it some Hannah like, Montana shit. I've made shit, these, this machine. This is a microphone that makes you be able to sing. And there's a belt that can make you dance. And there's a guitar that you don't need to play. And then the joke is that they do this huge musical number. He's like, I forgot to put any batteries in it. Well, I guess ends. we were just awesome. Yeah. I, I, I did enjoy that sequence quite a lot, actually, mostly because uh, Junie plays that guitar, but it's not even, like, plugged in or anything. Like, like, like not even, like, to an amp or anything. It's just... He's just playing it, and it just sounds perfect. It's just so weird. They were know. always awesome. This it's funny. is um, produced by Troublemaker Studios, which is a studio that was founded and owned by Robert Rodriguez, so it makes sense yeah. that it would start at the Troublemaker Studios theme park. Yeah. Yeah, like, I guess that's a great. Thing. Apparently it was filmed in Trouble Vision as well, according to the credits. Oh my god, I love that bit where it was like, <laughs> filmed in Trouble Vision, it's like big green neon-like lettering. Yeah. What does that mean? No idea. <laughs> Don't Nothing. know what it means. It means it looks like shit, that's what. <laughs> it means it looks bad. Like, they all look bad. This oh. one, I don't know, maybe it looks... I kind of think they all get worse as they go along. They do. What, the colouring? Yeah. Just the movies in general, oh. you know? Well, I um, I like that this one um had the debut of, uh, what, uh, what's it, the Hannah Montana woman, the girl. Oh, Emily, Emily Osmond. Yeah. Plays Gertie. 
It's like yeah. these, these um, <laughs> Gary and Gertie. Gary and Gertie, the um, giggles. Giggles, yeah, yeah that's actually their last name. Um, they're definitely like not the twins. One's kind way of older like than the other. Villains, but not really. They're like basically Carmen and Junie's are like rivals that they're up against. Mm. There's like sp- other spy kids who are higher ranks than them and have all the coolest tech that it's like more far like. And like you can tell when you get away. Uh, so there's like a scene where the president's daughter is like up there and she's like, I want the president to come and get me now. Blah, 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 all this other shit, right? And Gary's like scaling the fucking like ride or whatever. And he just turns around to Junie and just starts spouting out just like random words like, this is nanotech made with the nanotech wires of the nanotech something something. And it's just like, he's just spouting out words that aren't even real. It's like pseudoscience. And he's like, I wish I had the latest tech. And I was like, he doesn't have the latest tech. Of course he, does. he has the latest tech for 2002. That, yes, what for 2002. Was. Which is just it a all cell phone. stupid <laughs> as hell now. I don't know, probably it looked stupid back then, too. Yeah, it's really like, goofy. That's one like thing James that Bond movies to do yeah. like better tech than, than we get in these movies. The coolest thing was like Ralph, that little green bug thing <gasps> that Junior had. Like back in the day, that was the coolest thing ever, and I just wanted Ralph so much. <laughs> I still think he's cool. He's a cute little bug. Yeah, does nothing in the movie, but gets yeah. squished. Gets squished. Mm, he gets... <laughs> yeah, that was sad. That's the only time in this film I actually felt genuine sadness was when uh, Ralph got squished. Wow. <laughs> he's cute. He's just a little bug. I'm really trying to be like nothing. covert with him. Ralph, get in, get into the get into the the place where Gary's in, and then just oh, spy yeah. on his conversation. Like really, if you're that like troubled about being covert with like your spy stuff, why are you like going on stage at the end of the movie and being like, "And I'm a spy." Here's a song, and then like they <laughs> they've got like a building for the kids spy, the spy kids. Um, oh, and it literally says it like literally spy says, like, kids, OSS on kids yeah. on it, like because OSS is like the spy organization. It says kids. It's like why is this in huge yellow letters yeah. on the side of your building? It's the same in the um, last one where the building's like shaped to the huge OSS letters. Yeah. I don't under. Yeah, if you wanted to be. Dis- like the MI5 wouldn't have MI5 written across the building, would it? <laughs> so stupid. But you know, where, you know where MI5 is, though. You just don't know like what they're doing in there. They're not going to let you in. They don't have like no. MI5 plus in neon yellow across yeah. the fucking building. <laughs> 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 Might make it look cooler, I guess. There was a point where they try to poison all of the guests at this Spy Kids event. They're like, congratulations to the Spy Kids, you are Spy Kids. And like the bad guys are like, I'm going to poison the, the champagne so that we can, like... <laughs> I don't know, they want to ch- steal the Transmuka device. Yeah. It's like, this is an event for Spy Kids. Of course, kids aren't going to drink champagne. Yeah, they don't have an so alternative either. So the kids drink either. champagne and all the, the adults go unconscious. I don't know like, why they couldn't have just killed them all if they were just going to do all that anyway. And mm. they're like, oh man, I didn't account for all these kids who are still going to be awake when we try to steal this stuff. And also, also they're like really badass spies who can kick our asses. Yeah, and then for some reason they blame Junie for like... They act like it's his fault the Transmuka device got stolen, even though he literally did nothing. <laughs> he, was just, he was just there, though, wasn't he? He was just in the middle of the room or something. Yeah. Like, he was the last one standing, so they went, oh, it must <laughs> have been you then. a circle around him, they fold their arms like, Junie, Junie, Junie. 
I believe you've done this to us. And then June becomes almost insufferable for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Mm, I don't know why it was annoying. his fault. I it's, don't I don't understand. Uh, nothing in this fucking movie makes sense. There's like so much of it especially like the tech. So impractical. Like what, uh, what what's the point? What's the point of having like a massive screen on your ceiling in your office? Like why does Antonio Banderas have like screens that border his walls in his office? What what a pain it must be to like look up at the fucking ceiling if you yeah, want to talk and, to and someone. And the cameras at like weird angles as well, so you can't even see like the full pictures of like anything. It's just like warped and it just looks. It shows like how the director really of the OSS like lives in like their their office, but it's just like a raised platform in above like this vast empty space that he has to like jump onto slim different platforms to get to them constantly moving the fucking staircases in Harry Potter. So what kind of practicality does this bring to it? Yeah. Like, what, what does it look like? The fucking council chambers in the prequels. Like, what happens if he like slips? Does he just die? Yeah, he just dies. <laughs> oh, what the, 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 yeah, the stupid like fucking levitating platforms that yeah. don't even move. Like you have to jump on, I'm oh, sorry, you have to jump on them like a crazy somersault experience and then he literally sits down for like two seconds and then he has to go and back over it anyway like what was the point of just him to even... pick up a call yeah what yeah. was the point of him even going into that room in the first place <laughs> what just to show it off like hey look at this thing that we can make in this movie it's a spy room with levitating platforms oh, okay. look, at, look at the latest tech we've got mm. and it's like it all looks so stupid it's like oh you think you got the latest tech Junie I got the latest tech, and Gary like pulls up his sleeve, and his entire arm is like covered in bracelets that like have different like things that they need to do. It's like that's not that's not practical. That's like the Just opposite give him, like, of a practical. Wristwatch or yeah. something. You've got like nowadays you get smartwatches that can do like basically everything. Like, what do you need to have like a whole like sleeve of things that yeah. can do different things? Mm. <laughs> They got like that elastic band that yeah, um, I'll, Danny I'll Trejo is like, band, yeah. yeah, I've got the Chekhov's elastic band that you're definitely going to need in the third act. It's like, and then they use it in the third act. It's like, what was the point though? And it was also, what I didn't understand right is that has anyone ever actually tried to pick up something with a rubber band? I'm pretty sure it's not as easy as Carmen made it look when she was like, she was like lassoing something with this rubber band, but picked it up with yeah, the rubber but this band. Is you can't. Yeah, technology. It was just a rubber band, wasn't it? That was the whole point of the joke, wasn't it? It was just it a rubber was band. Shetty's rubber band. Yeah. It was. It was. It stupid. has a hundred uses, he says, and they use it for like two things. He put it in his hair, fuck's sake! It was just a normal rubber band. That was one of its uses. <laughs> <laughs> As is a normal rubber band. I, d- I don't even know what to say about this movie. Like, I just. Did you like when Gary and um, Gertie fall in the camel shit? Junie's like, I'm gonna reroute them to the Gobi Desert. And so it, suddenly uh, they fall in camel shit as soon as uh, they get there, uh, and then uh, camels uh, just appear. Yeah, and like the, the shit wasn't even there in the first place. Like the, there's like the opening shot; they're just in the desert, and you can see the ship or whatever the fuck they came in. Right? No camels, no shit. And then two seconds later, she's like, "Oh, according to my coordinates, camel shit." Where the fuck did that come from? It was just there, and then they didn't even bother to like wash themselves afterwards. So they just yeah. spent the entire rest of the movie covered in shit <laughs> for no reason. Which was like even more baffling because they had to do the whole um, thing where they escaped the pods like in the inflatable suits. So clearly they were in water at some point. Yeah, they could have just washed themselves in the water. 
That's a good point. They looked wet, but they were still covered in poo. And think about it as well, how gross that would have been, because Gary actually had shit in his mouth. That was, yeah. Hilarious. Thanks, Robert. That was really funny. There's a recurring joke for about Gary's laugh, about how he has this really high-pitched, like, girly laugh. (laughs) Which he, like, he never, like, when he does it, he doesn't that move at all. No. Doesn't look like he's. I didn't think any it was him laughing. I, I didn't know what. I was like, "What's that noise?" Yeah, it's just like, like a noise move. happening. Uh, yeah, they're not very. They need to make that character compelling in some way, right? <laughs> Give him a funny laugh. Cover him in shit. Great. Cool. There's like this whole homage they do to I think Ray Harryhausen and like the. Jason and the Argonauts, but it's like worse. Yeah, they're like these like different <laughs> animals that like look like they're CG, but like it looks like they're trying to be kind of stop motion type stuff. Um, yeah, they got like the skeletons. There's obviously the iconic skeleton fight in uh, Jason and the Argonauts. I think they're trying to replicate here, but it's all in CG and it looks trash. <laughs> yeah, it would have actually looked so much better if they went all in and did like the actual stop motion thing Mm -hmm. i actually thought they did like as a kid i always thought it was stop motion until we watched it this time i was like oh it's just cg yeah yeah i guess it's easy to fool children though isn't it i guess that's why most of his films are probably for children you probably would have if you would use like actual like practical models you would have been able to like get the lighting right at least the lighting was just like everywhere and it's like it's really inconsistent with the like trying to reflect off of the CG creatures and the environments all look really weird like nothing looks like it belongs in the environments they want to belong to yeah I mean that's I feel like a problem with making a film like this just where it's just all on a mm-hmm. green screen especially back like then when the technology had only really just started to exist yeah I can't imagine they'd spent the time even thinking about where like natural lighting would have come from anyway no, of course not. <laughs> Just put the spider monkey in there. The spider monkey that looks like like a weird gorilla like with a gorilla or half charred man with a spider's body. It kind of reminds me of spider's legs. What's that um, guy from uh, Monsters Inc? The one that's kind of like a spider, but he kind of looks like a hippo or something. The guy who runs the school kind of reminds me of him from Monsters Inc. You mean the Monsters Inc? Sorry, the who runs not the school. The... The... Yeah, the factory, whatever. Yeah, the factory. All oh, right, water news. Yeah, yeah. he kind of looks like. Yeah, kind of reminds me of that. And that crab guy. Cra- yeah, mean, that crab guy. <laughs> well, the difference between that and this is like night and day, right? Because like, yeah, 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 all the characters in that movie are so distinct. With this, <laughs> it's like it's brown. I don't know. That's true. Oh, uh, yeah, dirty you, and brown. I couldn't tell which parts were like meant to be what really, because it was just like a splooge. Why does a spider monkey just let itself be crushed by the pillar? And the dinosaur like crushes a pillar off, and he throws. And the spider monkey's like, "Get out of, get out of here, Junie! I'm saving you!" And he just like stands there for a little bit and like watches the pillar come down on him. <laughs> he doesn't die because he's awesome. Yeah, but like, why did you need that to happen? Did we like how the island was called Leaky Leaky? No, I couldn't stop laughing. But you that guys was loved so it. Ridiculous. I don't know why. Because it's so it's stupid. Yeah. How much of this is shit though? It's just like, yeah, here's another thing. Is another shit thing. I yeah, know. but it, I don't know. It was. It was. Uh, it's like the little bit of hope that I got when he. I don't know. It's just like Steve Buscemi, like this great actor, is just going the licky licky <laughs> island. Like, why is that not yeah, funny? Yeah, he's all right in the movie. He has yeah, that he, iconic line. Yeah, 
<laughs> the one that came from Spy Kids too. Yeah. Do you think God stays in heaven because he too lives in fear of what he's created? It's like, wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> You've got really philosophical. Like so out of place. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good line, but it doesn't fit in this movie. No, no and in the scene itself, it's even weirder. Yeah, I don't. I didn't remember like what the context was or where no. it was in the scene, but it's like a really light scene, and then it's just this really dark line just well, out of nowhere. Because he's scared of the monsters that he's created, right? He's scared of all the animals that he made big, so now he hides away. He's like God in heaven, hiding away from the creatures that he's created. Makes sense. I just think it's like the only good line in any of these movies. <laughs> and so it doesn't belong here. It's get it out. It's too yeah. good. <laughs> I really like those mini zoos, though. Like the mini zoos are like iconic. I remember them so much. Yeah. From like when I watched them as a child, you got like the, the mini zoo where all the animals are like tiny. I was like, I want a tiny zoo. And you got Zoo 2, Mini Zoo 2, but it's spelt like T-O-O, and, and like all the animals come out of that one, and they're like different amalgamations of like two animals. We put two animals together, like those magnets you can get, you put on your fridge and you make yeah. a different animal out of two animals. Yeah, he made a point at one point in the film where it's about how um, the animals he's got in his Mini Zoo, he throws them on the island so he knows where they actually are, yeah. like somehow... They sync up on his model islands, the mini versions of the animals to the big versions of the animals. It literally makes no sense at all. Well, what do you mean? Makes sense. Yeah. They just like go where their big counterparts are. And, and then, then you can like, see a map of them. Right at the end, you have the big like minotaur like waving goodbye to the small one that's on Junie's shoulder. Yeah, because they're not on the, the... They were just like... Like you could put them on there and they'd show you where it was. Like you could still take them off and they'd be their own dudes. Okay. <clears throat> it still doesn't really make a lot of sense, but whatever. Well, of course it doesn't. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, once again, we can't start getting into these existential like questions where none of this shit would make sense anyway. So it's kind of. I was like so like, jealous whatever. when I was a kid when Steve Buscemi gave Junie the, the mini spider, spider, monkey. spider monkey. I was like, oh man, I want a mini spider monkey. That's so cool. <laughs> it's not cool anymore, though. <laughs> I, I do wonder what the uses of a mini spider monkey would be. To fight. Ah, cool. he, fight he fights Ralph. He fights the little bug. Just like course, yeah. gladiator battles for Jimmy's yeah. amusement. <laughs> this film is like the longest in the like series by like, I think almost 20 minutes it's like an hour 40 for some reason and it honestly really does feel it it yeah. feels so bloated and long like they add in this whole subplot with um the parents like meeting up with uh, her parents and how she's not really there like her parents aren't um they don't approve of Antonio Banderas and he kind of has to prove to them that he's worthy of being her husband and like they're trying to find the kids and they're arguing about whether they're doing the right thing and it's like this whole subplot that easily could have been removed and just kind of pads out the movie that doesn't need padding out already and then the mum played by the mum who is the mum in two and a half men she's yeah she's played by the, the actor who plays mums yeah she's <laughs> just in every mum thing ever isn't she I, I, yeah, there was like that really like that scene that just didn't need to be in there. 
with um when they were like driving like in the in whatever they're driving in and they're like no backseat driving and they're all like arguing and it just didn't need to be in the movie yeah i feel like like a lot of the film as well which is really boring exposition that we don't really need so they're trying to explain what's going on and like the island but it's like this is a stupid kids movie no one really cares how everything works yeah and all these like um scenes that are really pointless but then have like this like one thing happen in them that supposedly make it worthy of the movie like uh yeah in the in the same scene where they're doing all the backseat driving and stuff he's like did you remember junie's necklace from when he was like six and they're like yeah so i put a tracker in that necklace so we can find him it's just like oh okay yeah (laughs) thanks for that bit where carmen and junie go in this cave and they can't speak in the cave, but somehow they can start like speaking like with their minds to each other. And then for some reason, that just becomes a power that they have after that scene that comes up at the end of the movie again. And then they bring up in the third movie as well. And they never explain like how that worked, how they suddenly got this power from being in this cave. It just is a thing that happens. Magic cave. <laughs> Apparently so. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to stop talking about this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it out of Transmookers. <laughs> yeah, this film sucks. It was really disappointing. This is like the only one that I actually was disappointed by because I remember this being the best in the series, but it really wasn't. Um, I think it's better than the third one, but I feel like there's definitely a... They get worse, they go on, and this just isn't a good movie at all. I give it three transmookers out of ten. Yeah, I will not be watching it again. I'm ashamed that I bought the box set trilogy because uh, I don't want to watch any of these again. Honestly, I am disappointed. I thought they were going to be good, but <laughs> don't know why. I guess because of nostalgia. Nostalgia is a uh, it's a deceptive tool. I think uh, I'll give I'll give Spike Kids two. Dawn of Justice, uh, three, three transmookers out of ten. Nice. Sorry, I was um trying to get back up to speed with our letterbox here. Um, yeah, it's a movie. It's whatever. Four out of ten. What was it? Transmook- cool. Oh, Wh- whatever. Lost it. Yeah, it's whatever. Fucking just ignore us then. Whatever. Like whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. Go on. What's the next one? Uh, the only one that I do remember. Uh, Spy Kids 3D. From 2003 unfortunately we did not get to see it in 3d and as we'll go on um probably for the best that we didn't get to see it in 3d um so this one is it feels almost like unrelated to be honest um but this film is junie starting out talking about how he's a retired spy he doesn't do spy things anymore and all of his family have gone on like spy missions and then he finds out that this game that he was going to buy is actually made by this guy called the toy maker who's going to steal everyone's minds and trap them in this game because he's in trapped in his own prison or some shit and um it's just up to him and carmen to shut off the game and save everyone from becoming mind mutants what did he's, we think of Spike he's like 3D? a it's like a 3D game over. He's like a yeah. PI, a private investigator now. He's like, 
it's, it's not much, but I do. It's a good living. <laughs> yeah, that is just like film noir. Opening. Yeah, yeah, and he's I like, I like the the uh, intro actually. Yeah, yeah. I did it for my intro. usual rate of four dollars ninety nine. Yeah, he's like investigating this water park as the film begins, like trying to work out why it's closed, and like the whole case was ordered by Selena Gomez, who's there. She's like, yeah. must be like five or six. Uh-huh. And he's like, it turns out the park is closed because the owners closed it or something, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, I guess that's over. Time to go get a game. <laughs> I wish it would have just been like about him being like a PI, and he just like didn't take itself seriously whatsoever. Um, I wish we had watched this in 3D because that's clearly what it's going for. It's what it's supposed to be. I watched this when it came out in the cinema, and you know everything was coming at you. It was like, whoa! You could you could touch it. It's like you could touch the 3D. All of the frogs that come out of the screen and their tongues go blah. You could touch the tongues and you could touch like all these different like pop up pills that come up and all their stuff that's it within the game. Um, it was revolutionary for its time. And I thought when I was watching it, man, this is this is the future of cinema. They've reached it. They've reached the pinnacle. They've done it. They've done it with Spy Kids 3D Game Over. Um, but this time around, I didn't think that, and it's not good, and it looks awful, everything when they're in the game, even when they're outside of the game, it looks really bad. Um, I mean, you know, I, I didn't mind the, the introduction, I thought it looked alright. It's kind of going for that noir type of feel to it, and it just drops that immediately and goes, Junie, we're putting you in the, we're putting you in the game world, Junie, you gotta save Carmen, she's in there and we can't get her out, and he's like, oh, Fuck! So it goes into the game and looks like shit the entire time. It's like, oh, fuck. it's just Robert Rodriguez filming shit in his back garden again. It looks terrible. Yeah, it, you can tell like everything is green screened in this film. Like, yeah, it's almost like they didn't even try to like blend it properly or anything either. I can't explain it. Like, normally when there's CGI, you can you, sometimes the scenery like kind of it, yeah. it can it can kind of blend in, but this was just kind of like it was like the the incredible bulk or whatever the fuck it is where you can like literally see outlines of like people because like the perspective is like really yeah. off and stuff as well it just looked really like janky yeah they're kind, kind of, of visually they're trying to make it look like a video game um and in some points i think they actually do kind of it does kind of look like uh like early 2000s like platformer and there are points where I look at it and I'm like, okay, that actually does kind of look like the sort of video games around at the time. But most of it looks really, really ugly and it's just horrible to watch. Like, yeah, although it may look like a video game of that time, a lot of them looked ugly. <laughs> and like seeing a film try and capture that, it's just makes it really unpleasant to look at. <laughs> Capturing the ugliness. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like they know that it looks disgusting. <laughs> they know it looks bad just like, yeah <laughs> like you play a game from that time and if it's a good game it doesn't really matter whether the graphics look good or whether they've like aged well if like you're actually like having a good time playing the game but in this yeah. you're not playing a game you're watching a movie so if you're watching something that looks ugly it's gonna inherently ruin the whole experience <sighs> especially when there's nothing interesting or good happening no most of the interesting stuff only comes when you're like looking at the 3D stuff. Like I could only imagine that people watch this because they were like, "Oh, it's in 3D. Let's just enjoy like, that." Poke the screen. Yes, yeah, like the gimmicks, isn't it? 
whoa, that would have looked so cool if it was in 3D, but it's not. It's just in 2D. Yeah. We're watching it. They use like every possible opportunity to like throw something at the screen, like mm-hmm. like things will, everything will be like normal, and then suddenly like some chips will start flying at the screen, or like bubbles will come towards you, or a character will throw something at the screen and the screen will crack. Yeah, it's really jarring when you're watching it in 2D because it looks weird. Yeah, but I'm really glad we did watch it in 2D because I think I would have had the worst headache ever (laughs) if we watched it in 3D because it's such an unpleasant film to look at. And wearing glasses already. like I can't imagine your eyes have to do like five times the work. Vile. Even like, Judy goes into the game... And like he's like, whoa, computer generated, low res. And it's like, do you just say this looks like shit? Yeah. <laughs> this character say just this movie looks like shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he knew. I did like the bit where he said low res because I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> he just turns around. And there's like these buildings that just look like big yeah. blocks of particles. <laughs> it just looks and so terrifying. Looking frogs start flying in on Pogo's stem, and they look really bad. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like an excuse for Robert Rodriguez to like sit in his back garden on a, like a deck chair and just like direct things from his back garden. Yeah, it's lazy as shit. There's a bit in um the blooper reel at the end where um something goes wrong and Robert Rodriguez walks onto the shot, like onto the into the frame, and he's just holding a guitar and he just <laughs> cuts away from it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It's like he's given up. Yeah. He just don't care. He's like, this is going to make a billion dollars. I don't care. Yeah, he doesn't really have to care, does he, yeah. to be honest? I don't know. I think, like, even just, like, looking at just the shadowing, like, they didn't even bother to, like, put shadows in the movie or, like, light it in any kind of realistic way. You, like, look at, like, the placement of the feet. It looks like it's just, like, hovering yeah. on, the, on the fucking green screen. It just looks disgusting. Oh, fucking, like, you didn't even try. Like, you didn't even try. Like, I don't mind, I wouldn't even mind it if it looked like they had given a shit. But it just <laughs> looked like they didn't care. I don't know. There was that character, Demetra, who's like a girl in the game who was like, she's awesome and she's like, it's supposed to be like a love interest for Judy. But like, every time like she yeah. comes up, they play like this soft piano music. It's so fucking corny. <laughs> Uh, oh man, what the fuck were you going to do with this then? I wonder how this is going to resolve. It turns out she wasn't even real. She was just like a computer program. And then she dies. (laughs) What what was any of that for then? The whole like bit where like she sacrifices herself at one point because they have to, (laughs) two of them have, like one of them has to battle Junie and like whoever loses this battle dies and it's game over for them. And she like comes in and like takes over his place, like Junie's place because he, they know he's going to lose. But, like, it makes no sense why she would do that if she's, like, just programmed yeah. by the toy maker. Is no one else going to talk about that really great line where Junie just sinks to his knees and goes, I didn't even get her email address. Yeah. What the yeah. hell Iconic was that line. all about? <laughs> I never even got her email address. <laughs> every time she gets hit, she loses, like, three or four lives at a time. But every time everybody else gets hit, they, they lose, lose, like, like one. one. Yeah, I don't get that either. So weird. Also, I don't like know. that they have 0.5 of a life. That was yeah. weird as well. Like, that doesn't make sense. I think that was more like the toy maker wanted that to be so because he needed yeah. Junie to get to a certain place. He was like manipulating the game in that way. Yeah. Um, 
Have we brought up the fact that the toy maker's played by Sylvester Stallone, yeah? No, I mean, you know, he's there. He's like probably one of the better parts, I guess. Yeah. He's just really weird and it's like there's about five different versions of him. They're all like one guy's like an army sergeant, one guy's a like a scientist and the other's a hippie. And like all his scenes are just like him interacting with himself, so it just comes across like he had no one to play off of. Yeah. It's weird though, because he actually does kind of like seem like he's having fun with the role Mm -hmm. which i i wasn't expecting like this like going into this movie again i was expecting to watch it and it like was be obvious that he does not want to be there or that he's like clearly being blackmailed to be in it but he's having a good time yeah well he's he's i guess he gets to do like a lot because he's got all the voiceover stuff in the game just like recorded his voice so like he's doing all the like game over and uh next levels type stuff and like all the stuff you'd hear in like a video game like he's doing the voice for that um it does feel like he's having fun i guess he gets to dress up in a lot of wacky costumes and i guess do a lot of stuff that you, you wouldn't do if like you were just playing one character yeah um, there was a part where uh like junie gets like shot to the moon and then like they're like you can bring in one guy you can bring in one person from like your family to help you he brings in his grandpa. What are we going to talk about that like, scene, please? I guess I'm bringing my grandpa, who's like weirdly the only member of his family who has a vendetta against the toy maker. It's like, wow, really? After uh, of all the people you could have picked, you picked this guy who had like a vendetta against yeah. the guy you're not supposed to let out, and he wants to let him out. And there's like a character select scene when he picks his granddad, and mm. he's like, pro, superior intellect, cons, physically disabled. Yeah. <laughs> And all of us burst out laughing. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't even a con though, because like he picks up the the, the mega legs. Like pill, two seconds after he picks like, up. I'm, as well. I'm, I'm free now, Junie. You may I can walk again. I'm awesome. <laughs> he just like flies away. He's like, Mew. like you were supposed to help him for fuck's sake, yeah, and he just like chase, chases away, just a chases yeah. a butterfly. <laughs> For no fucking reason. He's like, thank God it was me you brought in here. I don't even like the physics of like how they got him into the game. Because then like when they get out of the game, they like wheel him out on his wheelchair. It's like, was his body like transported into the game? Like, was that his actual body or like was his body yeah, like, transported in into like well? yeah. a pod that they had in the, the facility? That was weird. Maybe he was just like in Mexico somewhere. So you don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's an interesting thought. I feel like this was clearly written by someone who's never actually played a video game. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, like, what kind of game is like actually like 20 different games connected into one? All of them like a completely different genre and style of game. Just, you good know, point. one that Sylvester Stallone would make. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the good old toy maker. He's got a lot of time on his hands, so, you know. Not enough. Clearly. Not enough to make a good game. There's like the, the handful <laughs> of characters they meet who do like fucking nothing. It's like uh, Arnold who's like the strongest guy ever who has like a really sad backstory. It's like everybody wants to win the game so they can get like a cash prize or like toys beyond their imagination and shit. And Arnold's like, I want to win a bunch of money so that I can save my family from poverty. I'm like, that's fucking dark. And was that ever resolved? No. no. 
His family is still living in poverty when he gets out of the game. He's just like, just okay. Poor. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> Fuck your family, Arnold. He's just not to live with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they make a big deal about, um, there's like this poster in the game of the actual game, game over. And they're like, oh, Junie, you're the guy. You're the guy on the poster. And then later on, it turns out he isn't the guy. And you meet the real guy who's played by Elijah Wood, yeah. who literally does nothing except for walk into level five, say cake, and then die. Yeah, that was funny, though. <laughs> My favourite bit of the film. <laughs> He's not the guy. So yeah. <laughs> I think there's a clip on YouTube that literally says, Elijah Wood says cake and then fucking dies. And it's just that clip. <laughs> it was yeah. incredible like that. I was even thinking about it just kills me. Like, why did he say cake? <laughs> like, short for piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> cake. Just like cake, and he looks so like, like so wise, proud, and, yeah. uh, so proud of himself. And then he just gets struck. All right, Junie, you're the guy again. Let's go back to the. Yeah, literally, because you're the guy again. I guess nothing. What is the toy maker's actually like motive or goal? To steal them, uh, to oh, to manipulate the young children and control the future or something. I remember one of the people said it at the beginning of the film. It's like the whole point of the the game he's made is that kids can't stop playing it and they basically get sucked into it. Yeah. But like nothing really happens. Yeah. yeah I don't get uh... I don't need like a motivation because it's 3D. <laughs> Just make it 3D. His motivation was 3D. <laughs> that was everyone's motivation. Awful fucking scene at the end where like they make everything CGI for no reason, even though they're like outside. Yeah. Like, call it the family. I'm like, oh, Antonio yeah, Banderas yeah, is like, I've been working on these brains for many years now. I'm almost done. And he has a call and someone's like, you're like, your kids need you. And he's like, fuck these brains. And he swipes them all off the table, even though he didn't need to. And then he like blasts through the this dome that like, he's working at. When he's like on a raised platform, like with a million foot drop below. And he's just like working on these brains. He's like, I'm out of here, and he swipes the brains off the table, fucking bolts out of the sky. Yeah. There's like a, a, a OG Avengers Endgame sequence at the end, where like every single character from all of the movies yeah. previously comes in to save the day, but none of them like actually share any like screen time together. They're all like off... Like, yeah. They all have their own shot of them on their own, whereas obvious Robert Rodriguez was like... Like called him up and was like, "Hey, do you have like fifteen minutes free today so you can come over and film this scene and then go?" And that's all they yeah. do. Like none of them really do anything to help at all. They just like fly into shot and they're like, "Hey, it's Steve Buscemi," and then yeah. that's yeah. it. They just Steve Buscemi's then... here again. Why? I was <laughs> really weird. Where does he go at the end of this? Who knows? Well, how could he have helped? I don't know. He was just like a weird hermit guy. Who created a bunch of weird monsters? Yeah, but he's got the monsters with him. They could like beat this robot thing. Did they? No. It just like comes down to like Grandpa goes into the big robot. He like says some things to the toy maker, and then he like, and then it crashes, and then they're like, "We're all right, guys. We're, we're friends now." And like that's how it ends. There's no yeah. like battle. There's nothing. There's just it's just they get out of it and they're alive, and then it ends. Yeah, none of the people that come down actually do anything. No. And then it cuts to like the credits, where you just get a bunch of actors pointing at you and laughing. This is because you're so stupid for having watched the movie. 
That is true. I mean, I felt pretty stupid after watching all of these movies. Anyone else? <sighs> I really, I thought it was going to be good. I remember I watching this in the cinema. I was, a bit, oh, I was having the time of my life, I think. Mm. Yeah. I, d- I didn't think it was going to be good, but I thought I was going to enjoy it more because I remembered the film. I thought, oh, you know, you're not the nostalgia of a film, but yeah. I just, I, I didn't really even have that, to be honest. Just kind of, I just, it was just there. I have nothing for it anymore. I have no nostalgia because <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, this one I didn't really ever have nostalgia for. Like, I loved it as a kid. And I think when I grew up a bit, I rewatched it. Not the other two, just this one. And I was like, Jesus. So I kind of <laughs> knew what it was going to be. I knew it was going to be bad. <laughs> I didn't think it would look so awful. But it looked <laughs> dreadful. It did. I have to say, it did actually look worse than I was expecting it to. Uh, no, I thought it was going to look pretty bad. I knew it would look bad, but I didn't realise it would look this bad. I still think I would have had a better time if we'd have watched it in 3D with the 3D glasses. Yeah, definitely. Oh, 100%. But at the same time, I probably also would have been sick. So, yeah. Oh, well. Thanks, Robert. Should we go on to ratings? Yeah, sure. What are we going to rate this one out of? Um... Do it out of toy makers. Sure. Emphasis on the makers. Because that's what the grandpa said he was like. You don't you don't know the toy maker like I do. <laughs> <laughs> when you say that like that. <laughs> like how my dad says Star Wars. Yeah, this film is really, really bad. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's on a whole other level of bad. This I don't really know what else to say about it. It's just it's terrible, but it's like a big meme, the whole film, I think. I'm glad we watched it, because it was actually really funny. Um, I give it like two toy makers out of ten. Oh, God. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, all these movies I was disappointed by, and I feel quite bad for that, um, but at least now I know what they are. Um, real products of their time, I think. It, but Robert Rodriguez is still making movies like this, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I really wish that I hadn't watched it at all um, so that I could have held on to like that nostalgia from when I watched it in the cinema as a kid. Um, but now I know it sucks terribly. Um, I'll give it uh, three toy makers out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> There's just not really a lot to say about this film, is there? Um, I actually think Maybe one day, someday, when we're all really drunk, I would happily laugh at this film all over again. Three toy yeah. makers out of ten. One day we should get drunk and watch it in 3D. Yeah. Please don't, because I, mean, I will. That'd be good. Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> that would be the only time the we'd only ever watch time it again. I'd do yeah. that. Probably throw up. Yeah. Just with all the yeah, fucking would, motion yeah. sickness we'd get from horrible. it. It'd be horrible. Cool. So Great. We'll... So, that's Spy Kids. <laughs> Along with all the rest of that stuff. Um... We've got another episode coming, I think, uh, pretty soon. You can yeah. do like a bonus one on like the new Marvel stuff that's come out, Moon Knight season one, and the new Doctor Strange movie. Um, yeah, might talk about everything, everything, everywhere, all at once, maybe. Maybe we, we could do that uh, in episode seventy-eight. I guess we'll see how we feel. Yeah. Uh, but until then, we got a wheel to spin. That's going to tell us. What we're going to watch for episode 78 and whether we're going to have a terrible time or an alright time or a really good time. Maybe it'll be another Spy Kids. 
They're like, you didn't watch Spy Kids 4. What's Spy Kids 4? If I see a single person tell me to watch Spy Kids 4, I'm going to block I don't think anyone has seen that movie, (laughs) to be fair, sir. I don't want to see it. (laughs) I remember seeing the DVD in Poundland like a year after the film came out. Yeah, yeah. A true testament. Right. Right. Well, we got for now the that, next. Yeah, now that Chris has added stuff to the wheel, I'm kind of. I don't know if I should be scared or not. <sighs> okay. Um, it's one of those decades ones that I put on 1960s movies. I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah, I'm cool, cool. with that. I already know what I'm going to pick. Cause okay. I love that. Cool. He's, he's like, I, I had a film in my head from the second yeah, I spun yeah, that wheel. It was like going to be one of my upcoming free for all picks. Okay, so. cool. So we're going to do three movies from the 1960s. Uh, coming at you next week, episode 78, maybe some other stuff, uh, but who knows? we got social media, YouTube is the Sunday Movie Marathon, Twitter is at Sunday Movie Pod, Facebook is at Sunday Movie Marathon, and Letterboxd is at Sunday MM, capital S, capital MM. Any last words, lads? Cake. 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 <laughs>